0: Welcome to the Fargo Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on FX. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 7, titled Layaway. Uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like this whole episode is just layaway for the future war that's about to come. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We've put it down an installment. The first installment uh, was Dr. Sitter. The second installment is going to be... Calamita uh, out of the satchel was a fake second installment that we just also put that on a credit card I don't know <laughs> it's uh it it felt to me like it was getting us to the place we need to go um, and, and I enjoyed watching it you know it's, it's like yeah. I, I'm invested in the story that they're telling and so when a couple of episodes like the last one and this one come along and they're just kind of like moving things into place I'm totally cool with that. I'm just watching it and and kind of thinking like, okay, you know, where could all this be going, but also just enjoying my time with these characters. Yeah. It reminds me like if, if uh, this episode
1: was a stretch of the Godfather, this would be where Michael is picked up by, um, I, I can't remember the, the police chief, and mm-hmm. his his mafia goon and they're, they're driving him over to New Jersey and then they do the U-turn on the turnpike and who isn't that excited and they, they pull up to the diner uh-huh. like you have to get you have to get that there's you have to get from from that point to this for the rest of the movie to happen but like and you got to make it interesting you know you got to have uh oh my gosh where are they taking me are we going to Jersey oh that's not what the plan was Are we're gonna do a U turn on the top and, and lose the tail like yeah, I, I don't begrudge him for for trying to spice up these what are clearly very connective, um, tissue type of episodes, um, and there's a lot of strong performances and some good character work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, it it, it 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 since there's not a lot happening, like actually happening, it allows the episode to kind of really take its time on some of these other things. Yeah, you know, Chris Rock processing his uh, uh. Speaking of laying away grief, I guess, like, <laughs> you know, uh, he he's grieving for something that not, hasn't actually happened, which I thought was interesting to watch someone do metaphysically, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of and, one of the better uh, parts. I I think this episode is the first time I've seen Jason Jason Schwartzman in this show and understood why he was picked for this role. I think like that hmm. scene where he's explaining, you know, Satchel's death and stuff. It, he kind of hits that perfect tone between honesty and lie and like casual and serious. And I, I wasn't feeling him in previous episodes. This that's is a first one and weasel. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. He really, yeah. really finds that, that kind of... competent yeah, I'll, I'll, and moron. Like, you know, because I do feel at the end of this episode, I, I, I do feel like, um, those two Schwartzman and, uh, I forget the guy playing Gaetano's name, uh, they are just not... I don't think they're doing what the show thinks they're doing for me, and I worry that that's going to be a problem because I feel like they're telling the story of Gaetano as a caged beast being released. Huh. But they had really talked me into the theory that he was all talk and he's yeah. just kind of like a, like a like a bully that's made out of, of, of paper and he's going to wilt in any kind of adversity. Um, so it's like... I I don't know I I don't I don't know if the, the the show wanted me to think that, but in the performance and the direction they they, they absolutely did. So I don't know, but mm-hmm. that's the thing is like um you know Noah Hawley has definitely had some twists and turns up his sleeves um in previous Fargos and and other ep- the shows I've I've seen him do like uh, Legion I've seen him paint himself in the corner I didn't think he'd get himself out of um so so we'll see um he clearly. With the kind of cliffhanger at the end of this episode, he clearly thinks what he's doing is clever as fuck. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, because we're the audience kind of like on Chris Rock's uh, henchman, Opal side, like, gee whiz, boss, I hope you're doing right, because it seems like you're just, you're just like almost throwing your hands up the air, not giving a fuck about what happens. Yeah got yeah, to be and, too fatalistic.
0: You know, I, I mean, obviously Loy is is smart and we'll probably talk about this more, but it feels like a tennis match where, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't have like a great return shot here, but at least he got it back over the net. <laughs> it's like and now it's your problem to deal with, right? Because we we know that New York right. is is a bit of a problem for Josto. Um because right. Gaetano is a problem and he tried to use uh Loy to wipe that problem off the board. Turns out Loy's too smart for that. Um, and he He's just too smart sent for the that. problem back, right?
1: But also, maybe there was a third way that he could have that 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 would have been been better than just kind of like the double reverse. It, it, I, like I could say I I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing because it it seems like it's not just that there's something else that's going on that's that's going to make him seem clever in retrospect. But it, yeah. it's not going to involve Swanee and uh and um Zelmer unless. How Trixie going to be like, did he say that in front of Weff just so he knows Weff would go back and it would get to them? Like, yeah, I, there yeah. could be some some fourth dimensional chess being played by Canon It crew. be. Uh, I,
0: I was we... a little bit nonplussed by some of the other connective stuff. Like, I'm still looking for where Mayflower connects to all this. Um, I think I see the connection there now. Okay, I think I see Um, that. I have some ideas to where that might go, but we can talk about that in a minute. And also uh, Ethelreda stuff. I don't even know what purpose it's really serving at this point. It's just kind of keeping that story alive, so you don't forget about it.
1: And connecting her to Lemuel, I think, is going to be. There's going to be a little Romeo Juliet kind of action going on here. Yeah, Um, clearly she, you know, thought he was cute or whatever, and was nervous about it. It's another, it's another tie to outlaw culture, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know uh her her being her own person versus fitting into one of those slots
2: we're getting geared up for the sixth annual summer badass fest and while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy we've got an early action-packed announcement to make
1: Okay, Jim, with our initial thoughts out of the way, perhaps we get down to business. And I thought we could um, serve some of this the short-term business up front. Uh, for example, Nurse Mayflower. Okay. Uh, she bakes up some macaroons for Dr. <laughs> uh, Harvard. Uh,
0: does she? Does she? Which,
1: which. well, I, I want to talk about that in a minute. Which, um, you know, I, ha- I was really hot for this theory that you're going to find out that Dr. Harvard actually... Uh, is not a doctor and you know he's essentially like a doctor senator situation yep. uh-huh. uh, where his mom gave him the last a prestigious last name I don't think it's gonna happen because the man died this episode she poisoned him with a Mac a quote unquote macaroon right are they suggesting that this self- adhesive gauze adhesed into his windpipe and also comprised like what was the poison that went into this
0: macaroon i don't know i mean i like i didn't even notice that there was like a specific thing going in other than it, it was self adhesive gauze oh. and i'm like surely they're not indicating that this can be
1: simultaneously the most delicious macaroon this guy's ever had in his life and also have enough self-adhesive gauze to strangle him in his windpipe uh. <laughs> like um yeah I kind of rather they not showed anything than self-adhesive gauze. Like, cause I would buy that. She's got a, she's got a closet full of nightmares that she could put in there. that can stop a man's windpipe within 30 seconds of eating it. Self-adhesive gauze. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that was the experience
0: I had with it. I I didn't even notice the self-adhesive gauze. Uh, even though I watched this twice, I, if you had,
1: it'd taken you right out of the scene, wouldn't it? Jim? It, it would have,
0: yeah. But as <laughs> as I watched it, it was it was totally fine. I was I was in that camp where I just thought, oh, she's got some kind of poison in this thing. Cool. I do wonder what the hell it's supposed to
1: be because, like, I feel like anything would act that fast. Like, I don't know what the hell, cyanide? You'd mm. also just be like puking up green foam or some shit like
0: that. Well, but. see, the thing is, like, what is it? Uh, is it cyanide or strychnine or something that tastes like almonds? Like, isn't that the perfect fucking thing to put mm. into a macaron?
1: You're right. You're right. Oh, what's this exotic treat you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. we're, we're talking about macaroons, yeah. Jim. You're right.
0: You're right. I, sorry, I mispronounced it apparently
1: okay i I, I want to get to that con- I want to get to the really the well. macaroon controversy <laughs> but I also um all the silly stuff aside about how she killed him she killed him mm-hmm. um I thought the perform was like just very chilling the way she you know as soon as he succumbs she starts going through and immediately goes to what she's there for, which is to get her hands on this letter mm-hmm. um she then like goes up to him and like squats down and there's like this look on his face where she's she he realizes that she's wiping the crumbs off his face to kind of hide her crime and just how like businesslike she is about it and then performative and like trying out a few faces and screams mm-hmm. before she actually settles on one that's not really convincing yeah I, I, like, it she's like really a dexter type she's a dexter type sociopath she doesn't oh, yeah. she i don't like like I don't think she understands that other people in the world are real and have feelings and affections. She's just thinks she's just approximating to get maximum advantage and she thinks everyone else is too. I it's wild. It was wild. It was very chilling. And I love the Noah Holly straight from Legion, psychedelic, uh Dr. Harvard's dying and seeing her as this kind of um I don't know, like like very dark pastel angel of death with yeah. the wings and whatnot. That was a very cool very cool uh visual he doesn't usually get to paint with that kind of palette on on Fargo
0: yeah for sure um and and, Uh, you know she gets kind of what she wants out of the letter but kind of not right she sees the exact text of it but it's signed a concerned citizen which I I thought Ethel had used a fake name I guess she didn't use any name um Mm -hmm. so you know obviously we've speculated that she's gonna find Ethel journal in her closet of horrors uh she's gonna compare the handwriting because she now has that letter right so Well, I I almost feel like there's an implication that
1: Mayflower hasn't been in her closet since yeah. Ethel Rita left the thing there. And that kind of makes
0: sense that like she hasn't killed anyone new. Mm-hmm. Or hasn't noticed it. Um, she did kill her patient last episode. Um, oh, you're right. And now she's cooked up a batch of self-adhesive macaroons uh-huh. for uh-huh. this doctor. So, so she must have gone in the closet. Maybe she just didn't notice it. Hmm. How do you not notice
1: something that's not supposed to be there there especially in your like little murder shrine like i figured that there's like that stuff is all like laid out with intention right
0: yeah oh yeah
1: that didn't seem like some haphazard like dragons horde right this is a very Mm -hmm. hannibal lecter cataloged collection kind of thing she seems that that's that type of precise malevolence um yeah yeah i don't know uh let's get into the macaroon controversy uh so Macaroons are like a buttery coconut cookie.
2: Mm.
0: And what is the other thing? And they're pretty like misshapen, right? They're generally like a roundish kind of cookie. But, you know, because they have yeah. c- chunks and, and stuff in them, they're not these perfect. Shredded coconuts. Pristine, no. like pettifore-esque type things. No, they look like haystacks. Right. Uh What she cooks is a macaron, which is a French-Italian- uh it's what she describes right she describes macarons but she calls them macaroons and mm-hmm. it's my opinion that dr harvard knows this that dr harvard doesn't want to eat these macarons because they're not macaroons and he loves macaroons and so when she brings him in and says hey i made these macaroons for you he's like ah these are macaroons and then she convinces him to try them and he tries them like He's never had such a delicious dessert before, right? That second bite he takes,
2: it just oh, yeah, a glorious really... bit of
0: acting. I mean, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's amazing. So, in my opinion, like he's trying a a brand new uh, dessert for the very first time, and his mind is blown by it because I don't think she makes, like you said, with the self adhesive gauze in it. It can't be the best macaroon he's ever had, right? I
1: don't know. No, I. you're 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 exactly right but on the other hand i had because i had this elaborate theory about him being kind of a fraud uh uh, or or you know not fraudulent in 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 the same way that uh he's just trying to fit in like americans do right he's trying to get ahead Mm -hmm. um by hook or by crook that he kinda is the type of dude that you know might pronounce macaron macaroon it's because he is Midwestern, possible. and you know he's like read about these things in magazines, yeah. but and and maybe someone brought him back to him when they went to New York City once, or when he was I don't I I, I just I, it fit into his kind of like character. But mm-hmm. you're right, if he was expecting a macaroon mac macaroon and got a macaron, uh, that also because yeah, it does explain his hesitance to eat it, you know. And I don't want to make her feel like she's an idiot, and all. But I, but yeah. the thing is, is like, he doesn't seem like the character that would hold back. Like, if he wanted a macaroon and she brought him a macaron, he'd be like, "Miss Mayflower, I think you've made the fatal mistake of making, m- mistaking a macaroon for a macaron." And because he, he's never yeah. been afraid to like verbally pile drive her and be casually cruel to her that way before, so. But I don't know. We're let move, Let's move on from the macaroons, because I'm sure people are like, Jesus Christ, it's just a cookie. Uh, I do want to say that like I this, this does feel like the thing that's going to bring Mayflower back into Josto's orbit, right? Yeah. Like, he, is this the latest of kind of things that he hinted about, you know, having an agenda with and, you know, she picked up on and she's going to, you know, she had her own reasons to do it. Um, but I think this is going to be the thing that brings her back into to Josto's orbit.
0: Yeah, and, and didn't we see um It's where their business intersects Deffy eyeing uh Josto as he was sitting outside the hospital looking at Harvard's window. Was it was it Deffy who was watching him? I didn't
1: think so, but Deffy was definitely watching them. Uh he's they're definitely on the radar now because he he was he was overseeing when uh uh they were showing up to the club, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure Uh, he's
1: making the connection about how everything's connected here in, in Kansas city.
0: Yeah. I can't quite remember. I I thought that I thought that he was watching them outside the hospital too. And if that's the case, then, you know, it could, it could bring Deffy back into the equation. Uh, on the so early on
1: yeah that was just so early on and he wasn't on to like the italians weren't connected to his official martial business at all
0: yeah and that's the thing Uh, he seems to not care too much about other business right like uh, this episode he he lets otis kind of do his own thing even though he knows what's up like i know you're working with these guys let me just give you some words of advice instead of hauling your ass in because that's not his job a um and b that's Could you even do that? Like,
1: yeah, I do think he's kind of prone. Like, so I don't think he's exactly like Raylan gives from Justified, who we said like you know he just literally didn't care. Like, he comes into a bar and there's like a pile of machine guns and cocaine on the table. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I just yeah. want to know about my perp or whatever. I'm looking for my my fugitive. Um, this guy does seem like he he's willing to mix it up. Like him mm-hmm. going and 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 doing dueling mean mugs with. Uh, Gaetano in front of the, the general store right like yeah. him saying well, what the hell you want to you want to go mount up and raid this place like I, I do feel like he is much more targets of opportunity for the Lord kind of you know he's got a primary mission and that's the most important thing everything revolves around that but if he can bust a mafia organization and you know this upstart cannon organization in, in the process of doing the other stuff boy that would make him feel real good yeah um. Anyway, uh, I think that wraps up the Mayflower business. Let's move on to Ethel Rita business. Very brief, but momentous. Uh, you know, Loy's crew is taking over the funeral parlor. You'd forgotten that that he owns them, and and uh, they're using it from some kind of staging operation, moving looks like liquor in and out of there. Uh, and Ethel Rita kind of stink eyes Loy's oldest son Lemuel. Mm. But also, I, it's like a stink eye kind of attraction, and it's kind of—I get the feeling—it's a little mutual. Um, but then you know Ethel Rita gets shy and she scampers off upstairs, and Lemuel uh is menaced by the ghost of Mister Snowman from a coffin. Yeah, really, I'd like coming out of nowhere. I was done with Halloween, but all of a sudden I forgot <laughs> this is a spook show. Mm. Uh, very well, very well shot and very creepy. And honestly had me kind of a little gripped up when me mule uh, kind of saunters up there to go knocking on that coffin. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to knock on the coffin when it's a rocking because Mr. Snowman
0: will eat your soul or some shit. Well, what are they trying the, to do with it? it has been through enough. Are they... I don't know. Because I, I, saying... I speculated that this was like, oh, the 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 haunting of her blackness was like following her and her family <laughs> through the years and like, but th- uh, but they're all like but that's not gonna pass right that's not something that like Ethelred is gonna I, pass to Lemuel because he's black too he knows as much as anybody yeah
1: and it doesn't it, it doesn't fit like the mental illness kind of thing that are or it's like a substance abuse thing unless maybe it is because they talked about Lemuel hanging around these gin joints where there's slinging heroin and whatnot I mm-hmm. if this is uh, you know because. Um, so mayor kind of gives a little bit of a fried vibe to herself. It's like I, I, yeah. she's probably, probably, uh, you know, gone across the street as far as, um, mind altering substances. I, I, I wonder. And they, they very much drink a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if they're suggesting that's the only thing I can think that could be, and or if it's just a family curse, like if it's literally just contact with someone and it's a seven days the ring type situation, uh-huh. because. That's the only way he's possibly stalking Lemuel. Yeah,
0: I I, I don't it's, know, and I don't know if Ethel Rita is like scampering off here because she knows that she's cursed and doesn't want to like affect this cute uh, boy that she sees, or if she's just you know shy because he's cute and she doesn't know how to handle it, and like, I think it's a little bit know. because the the former, I just don't think she thinks
1: she's cursed. Like I still think, like uh, even with uh, all that talk know, she... from
0: Swanee and stuff,
1: I really don't. I mean, because she came back from that and wrote the letter to or- yeah. to to uh, to try to bring down Mayflower. So I think she still feels as her. She still sees herself as the heroine in her story.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, I I don't I don't I don't know. I I love it. I love that there is this like just fucking out and out ghost story in the middle of this gangster deal. I do love it. I think it's cool. Uh-huh. Just when I forget about it, he comes right back. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I, I don't know. It's it's uh, f- again for the for supposedly what I thought was the main character of this season. She has been really put in the back shelf of the refrigerator these last these last two episodes. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see if her business picks up and in, in, in future weeks, uh, the fada business. So we kind of start off the episode with Josto. Josto finding the body of the guy that got shot. Um I've already forgotten his name. The camp elegance uh person. Uh, yep,
0: he's got a name. He definitely got has a name. name.
1: <sighs> he's got a name, but it's erased it's erased now. The Is last he, like, people a, that remembered his name have forgotten him, he find, he he <laughs> finally experienced that second death you always hear people d- talking about.
0: Dumini? Dumini? Domini I
1: Yeah, there you go. Old oh, Domini. Yeah, Domini. Uh he uh he so so He's looking over this guy, and Calamita's in his ear, just be like, I "Told you, boss, that the uh, that the uh, Irish was the traitor, and he choked up your sister, and he shot your other dude." And and uh, Josto's over it, and he sends Calamita on this mission to go to Loy's house, kill the Irish, kill the boy. You gotta find them, um, which is all well and good. But then, at, I I thought he made a pretty big leadership faux pas at the end. You know what I'm talking about? No they say, what should we do with this guy's body? And he says, leave him for the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like some of the guys are with kind of like looked at each other like that's some cold shit. You know, there's a certain fraternity that you're a La Familia, for example, that you're 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 uh, uh, really leaning on. And it's like one thing if there's no, you know, the cops are on the way and there's nothing that can be done.
0: But just leave yeah. this guy to have his eyes picked out by crows holy shit, that's cold. And it's also a little sloppy, too. Like, you think of all the gangster films you've seen, right? They don't just leave bodies sitting around. They hide the bodies. Yeah. They, they bury the bodies. Yeah. They take them out to the desert, right? They,
1: like you uh, they drop run them numbers. in the river. Like- you want to run numbers. You want to run girls. You want to run racket. That's stuff that people can turn into blind eye to. you start dropping bodies, that's what eventually brings you down, you know? Yeah. Uh. So I, I agree. But again the ultimate answer to everything Josto so concerning is just, well, he's a terrible criminal. Sure. Yeah. He's not amazing. <laughs> and I don't know how satisfying that's going to continue to be, but it remains a pretty good defense to the writing. For sure. Uh, we see the immediate impact when the Calamita uh, goes to visit uh, um, uh, Cannon's wife, Buell, and she's got this really smart organization going she's uh, teaching the kids syntax she's homeschooling them seems like they're all paying attention uh and he comes calling and points out immediately the lack of guards and is very threatening and like where are the children how many children you've got and uh i just thought i thought her scene here where she pulls this double this this sawed off shotgun on him and and gives this uh this cold smack about being a mama lion was amazing i i i i I, I love miss cannon now
0: yeah, I feel like any uh anybody right now can identify hard with uh with her because we got this pandemic going. So many kids are homeschooling at the moment, right? Doing this online training. And I get the impression that like the the kids were going to the public schools, but since the war is on, they've had to be pulled oh, shit. out, right? I was going to ask you that. It's like, what is the deal?
1: Is it just that, like, uh, you know, uh, the schools for for black people in Kansas City are shit, so that like he's trying? They're, they're doing some private education or something. Sub- or I mean, I'm I, sure I, they I are. Even think, but no, that that makes a lot of sense. That like, yeah, like there are targets at the public school for sure.
0: Like Lemuel was a target. Uh, yeah, you know,
1: there,
0: there's a lot of uh, bad things in the air right now, and so they probably pulled them out. So why yeah, no guards that though
1: that's I, that didn't make sense like i mean i don't like... like
0: this scene i i don't like it i love her speech okay, i, I d- love her i yep, hate everything I... else about this scene because Calamita is this weak nothing of a hitman like and i don't know if he's doing that intentionally because he doesn't want to go kill a bunch of people and he's not working for josto and, and and he knows that if he goes up there and starts killing a bunch of people you know Gaetano is gonna get killed who's the person he's actually working for I don't know if that's the case, because none of it has been said, mm-hmm. and I I just get the impression that Calamita is an idiot who walked up to the door thinking, huh, no guard here, weird. I'm just going to stroll in and, and figure... Like, I, I can't even conceive of what he was going to do here. What is his plan? Knock on the I door so. and well, then yeah, ask how many in, kids beat are up there? This, beat up this lady and, and push
1: bully his way inside, which... But my thing is, like, but why isn't she guarded? Why aren't there dudes on that front porch? Uh, because he had everybody dead? I, I, it just feels like that I want to believe that Lloyd's really smart and competent mm-hmm. and tough. And he seemingly commits so many unforced errors about, like, oh, well, we need all our dudes down in a fortress because we're going to entertain the... Uh, uh, the 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 Josto clan down there, but on the other hand, that's an obvious trap. Like have one lone assassin go back to the house and whack everybody yeah. while you're taking this bogus bad faith offer from Josto. Like, I here's the other thing they might
0: be doing. Get it? I don't get it. Yeah. So one of the the mantras you know that Gaetano was spouting uh, earlier in the season with the Italians at least is business, family, country. Right in that order. And it feels like Loy is protecting his business or his his other family, right? His business family more than he is his actual family. Um, Mm. And and this is all before he knows about Satchel, right? So he thinks the major going concern here is this war that's developing with the Fadas. He doesn't see Satchel as being in a huge threat at the moment. And so he's pulled everyone. that's a line that they won't
1: cross. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. He maybe thinks they're smarter than than they are. I could be. It still it felt a little bit like Loy got flat footed because if uh Calamita had been there with two dudes,
0: uh that goes completely different, you know? Yeah, Kalamita doesn't got the back nothing that he's supposed to do this episode. Like Right. It, Josto sends him in with orders to kill everyone you have to kill, including that's Zero, the thing. in my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's
1: that's the thing where it kind of works is that like the Fadas are just a complete house divided.
0: Yeah. But they're all fools and incompetence, it seems And like. I can't so tell it's like, if it's a foolish move here or if it's yeah. if it's intentional sabotage, right?
1: No, I, I do think... I disagree with your take on Kalamita. I think Kalamita is a killer Uh and is pretty proficient at it. I don't think he's very good strategically or tact or, you know, or, well... So I, why I doesn't guess, he yeah, go in here and kill? Like... I, I think you were right that he his he's not taking orders from Josto. He's okay. actually there trying to figure out whether his boss is still alive, because I guess his thought is like, well, if Gaetano is dead, then they probably already killed zero, yeah. you know, like he's trying like he's trying to investigate more for like where is Irish there and and has he taken the kid or like or because because he's doing this investigation. I don't think it's for Josto, though. I think it's for his own purposes.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that, I, that makes some amount of sense. It, it at least, like, pieces some of that puzzle together for me, because this was a but it's big really puzzle of tough. The scene.
1: It's, it's really tough when you're dealing with uh, criminals that you don't fundamentally respect the intellect of, because, yeah. you know, they're so fucking random. It's kind of like, I remember feeling this way about Bobby Cannavale in Season 3 of uh, Boardwalk Empire. It's like, this guy's mm-hmm. so insane, it's kind of fun and interesting, but it also makes trying to figure out what the hell's gonna go on completely pointless because he's not a rational actor. It's like he's you the know, wild hey, is Joe Pesci gonna laugh until he's blue in the face? Or is he gonna cut your face off and good fellas? I don't know. Like it's like Yeah. Who cares? It's like it's a coin flip. So um We did have a scene which I thought had uh, some some pretty nifty camera work of Calamita casing Irish's room and kind of like, you know, investigating it like a private detective. And he finds his personal Bible. And of course, wouldn't you know, there's a clue to be followed up there. Uncle Jack's Um, seed and feed and seed. What caught my eyes is based in liberal Kansas, which is not too far away, of course, from Kansas City. Um, but it's, it's it's so I and I immediately stood out when I'm like, well, this is very the material is very political in nature this year. And, and it's 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 liberal Kansas. So I'm going to look up to this. So liberal Kansas was founded by a settler by the name of Mr. Rogers. Oh, I'm not Jesus. fucking making this up, <laughs> Um, who became famous in the region for giving free uh, water from travelers from his well. If, if people were thirsty, he just gave them. And and people, um, I guess he decided to name the town because people would say, "That's very liberal of you, the the share your resources with us like that." Uh, he went on to found the first uh, general store and the post office in Liberal, Kansas. Hmm. Um, so, like I said, being that this is you know there's a, a political bent to this story, I think um, it's kind of interesting that uh, Irish is tied to this kind of liberal Kansas um now what the fuck is he literally going to be hiding out at uncle jack's feed store in liberal kansas because if he is i don't fucking know what to do or say this (laughs) this seems like beyond stupid but it's clearly a clue what 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 what's happening here
0: what's happening here jim i don't think there's any way around it he's going to go out to uncle jack's feed and seed and he's gonna find rabbi and satchel i mean sometimes you can get away
1: with this like The entire first Mission Impossible movie revolved around this goddamn Bible and this quote and this code from, like, you know, CompuServe message boards. And I defy anyone to this day to explain to me exactly how any of that plot connected in any kind of satisfying way. It's just a way for Tom Cruise to private dick his way into the third act. And I kind of feel the same way about this calamita business, except for there wasn't a little layer of biblical codology uh, laid yeah. on top of it. It just literally, oh look at this, Uncle Jack. But we'll see. I mean, it's we'll in see. a Bible. Maybe it'll be a wild. I don't know how much more biblical do you need it to be. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be a wild. Maybe it'll be a wild seed chase. I don't know. I don't know because yeah. I'm. I. I eh. So anyway. Um, and then we also have the dissolving frame from this scene into the next scene of Josto, where it's Gaetano being—he's chained up and he's being tortured, and he's just nursing this hatred and his grudge towards his brother. Which would land a whole lot better if I respected this guy's ability as anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't—I—I don't I under—I—I don't—I'm under, I, I don't, not buying the story about him being this caged beast about to be unleashed, Jim. I really don't.
0: Even though he's talking about the people he killed, huh? Well, we assume. You know,
1: yeah, maybe it's it's a lot easier to kill a man chained to a wall when you got the full force of like the Italian fascist apparatus behind you than it is to like, you know, win in a fair fight versus intelligent opponents. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, I guess I guess for Uh, all we know, he's like talking about episodes of Italian Bonanza or something like, oh, these are these are all the favorite moments where my characters died. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, this is the Italian Hitler comic book I used to read, and it's it's uh, yeah. just completely delusional. So we cap off the uh, Fada business by Josto arriving at uh, the cannons' uh, heavily fortified headquarters. Uh, you know, Deffy described it as a, a fortress mm-hmm. earlier in the episode, and he there's rolling force like a bunch of dudes, thirty forty dudes, show up here, and the Cannon Boys are not plussed by any of this stuff. They say, you know what? Uh, everybody stays out except for the Consigliere and and Josto, Evil and Josto. So mm-hmm. they come in, and Evil opens up, and he's doing pretty well. He's trying to explain like how the political calculus is, and like you know, Gaetano, he's this, and he's a he's a made man, and and then every single time he tries to make a point, Josto comes in there with like, oh, you, this, this is just some people can't be killed. Eh, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know about all that. <laughs> It's great. I I love him in this scene. Yeah. It's effective, but he's good at being this thing, but is this thing good?
0: I think it is in this scene because you need Lloyd to be able to figure out that he's lying. And I think, like, just lying, but stupid. And stupid, yeah. He thinks that Lloyd's stupid. Right. He's underestimated him, certainly. Um, I think, yeah, like Jason Schwartzman's performance in this scene is exactly what it needed to be for me, anyway. Because um, I believe that Loy would both take that initial punch in the face very seriously, right? That uh, that emotional gut punch of his son being dead. But then also have, you know, once he gets a, a moment and some distance away from that fact, be able to think about that conversation and go, you know, that doesn't quite make sense. And and maybe this guy is full of shit. It, it Jason Schwartzman wrote that line for me in a way that hmm. started to... It make me turn the corner on him in this season?
1: My problem is is that like I feel like Josto comes out of his room thinking, man, I just, that, whew, I'm fucking, I don't even know what this reference is because it hasn't been invented yet, but I'm Littlefinger in Game of Thrones, baby. <laughs> I am yeah. a master manipulator. I have absolutely divided my opponent's forces. I've solved all the problems. I've squared things with New York, and I've done it without shedding any of my own blood if he really believes that, he's out of his goddamn mind. Like,
0: uh, I mean... Yeah, no, he's a buffoon. He's he's not very smart. (laughs) Not as smart as he thinks he is, anyway.
1: Like, here's the thing. Like, at the end of this episode, I feel like that, um, uh, you know, Noah Hawley's convincing me that Lloyd Cannon's got this in the bag, that he's got this mastermind plan. I really think Chris Rock could bend over, spread his butt cheeks and fart, and just win. Like... (laughs) I don't think these guys can fight their way out of a wet paper bag, man. I think yeah. that like he he's not even going to need he, he's not even going to need the old boy out of Fargo. Like he's just going to be able to take him on himself. It's uh, with with Dr. Senator 6 feet under. It don't matter. Yeah. These
0: guys are just too fucking dumb to live. That is fair. They have shown me zero strength from the Italian side of this equation. Um phew. You know, the only strength has been coming from the Gaetano Calamita and really just Calamita's side of it. And yeah. I don't like like, you know, he's a free agent at this point. Like I don't I don't know what his deal is. He's just doing whatever he wants. Uh right. and probably loyal to Gaetano, but if Yeah, I don't know. Now Gaetano's out, so we'll we'll see uh, you know, what they get up to now that they're paired back up. Yeah. Presumably. Yeah. Well, we will definitely see because, like I said,
1: I I don't know what I'm going to think if Gaetano comes out, Madman, you know, just just single handedly taking down the the Fada organization.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, he's probably gonna. I, I don't know what Joe Bulo's role is going to be in this. You know, they mm. sent him in. Uh, they got some New Yorker guys who are ready to to go uh, if they can take care of this business quickly. And you know, plus Mr. Snowman,
1: Mr. Snowman's in that coffin. And he's haunting black folk. Maybe that's that's the only way. these oh, idiots, yeah, uh, the the only way this idiot gang's going to win is if the supernatural comes and starts putting the kibosh on the cannons. Yeah, like that's that's it. That's it. You you're, shouldn't you're have moved right. in on this. You you picked the wrong goddamn funeral parlor to move in on, Loy. Uh-huh. You've got the spirits of the dead against you. What are you going to do? Um. So yeah, that that uh, pretty much concludes. And the, the other thing about this, just to underline, it is evil. Cannot, but he's out of it. He's having an out of body sit- experience this entire conversation. Yeah. S- seeing
0: what his boss is trying to pull. And I'm happy like, that they didn't have him go further with that. You know, he, him saying boss it is like, it says yeah. everything. It says everything you need to know about what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, 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 I was aghast with him at what I was seeing happening. Yeah. So. Uh, there's a little bit connective police business I think we can do now. Um, uh, I'm gonna, the Weff is underneath the bridge. He is trying to get the courage to go rush into Loy's place. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe he is, he's report back to him. The fact that he wasn't able to do his mission. Um, either way, Deffy, Marshall Deffy decides to, to slide in and essentially blows up, blows him up. Uh, says, I know that you are as crooked as any cop in this town and you've been working both sides and you're kind of declares himself as an enemy, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but not one who's going to like move in, you know, who's going to make any moves. He just he says, what's up?
1: Do you think he leaves Kansas City without squaring things with that De- with with Weff, though? That's the thing that I I don't think Weff thinks that because he yeah. goes to pack his bags after his confrontation. But um, that that line where it's like, it's like, you know, if I knew where your Mormon God was, I'd drive through the night and stab him in his fucking eyes. And <laughs> that's declaring war. And I don't think you want to declare war with this guy. I really don't. No, no. He's all
0: too serious of a character. Yeah, I mean he's the uh, guy who will you know tie people to the back of his car and drag them through the streets till their heads pop off. Like, yep,
1: yep. And it's like you know this thing is like be careful how many sides you play. Even a gold coin it has two faces. To be fair, Weff is not you know he he has not divided his sides willingly. You know, no, he's not playing anything. He's being played. Yeah. Um. There's a really interesting thematic point here that uh, after Daffy steps out of his car. uh, Otis Weff slaps himself, not as customary five times, but six.
0: Yeah, I didn't the make anything. Indian has of been this. deployed. You didn't? No. Like I, I saw people talking about it. And I'm like, I-, I don't care. It's not that maybe there's not something there. <laughs> I just don't care. Like, all right, fair enough. It's so minor. Fair it's so fucking minor. And and Weff is not a character who's like consequential at any at any point during any of this stuff mm-hmm. so far. So,
1: yeah, and there's like if they're if they're trying
0: to, it's I just think
1: it's further underlining, you know, his fracturing, but they're also sure. doing that like he's noticeably more jumpy. This is yeah. uh, you know, all of his various um uh a neurotypicalness is like coming together and converging with his highly stressful situation to cause him a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this fantasy sequence where he's I'm not sure if this is an imaginary thing or if it's a flashback to something that real happened but his fiance you know cradling his head on her lap while she sings this hymn to him um, and he wakes up from it and decides to just go rabbit packs up his bag packs up his Alpine Shepherd boys mm-hmm. uh, and and blows out of there just to be snatched up by Lloyd's gang
0: <laughs> yeah which I knew was
1: coming but I liked how it how it happened I knew what was happen. I just didn't know who it was gonna be. I didn't know yeah. if it was gonna be Deffy's shadow, uh, Calamita shadow, or one of uh, you know Loy's Loy's dudes shadows. And when he the, tries to play
0: it tough, and he's like, "No, I don't get in your car. You get in my car." And they're like, "All right, fine, Bobby." <laughs> they all pile
1: in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll have a white dude drive us or escort us around town. That'd be just nice. Mm-hmm. And the whole like, you can't just sneak up on police officers. Gotta gotta even the somehow. Yep. Uh, this, they're, they're a bunch of characters. That's, that kicks off the canon business. Um, start off with Leon. <laughs> uh, Loy calls it calls it trying to shit his bed <laughs> all the way to the top. All the way to the top, yep. You're trying to shit your bed up to the top?
2: <laughs> I, I love I, it.
0: It's, love it. I've never heard that expression in my life. It's amazing. I love it. It's perfect. It evokes the image of like him sleeping in a crib almost, right? Like he's a child <laughs> shitting the thing all the way, all yeah. the way full. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can't crawl out of it himself. <laughs> he's just got to shit his way to the top and roll off. Um, oh my God. <laughs> and I do think this is a deliberate reference to his uh, Pootie Tang. Have you seen Pootie Tang? No. Oh my God. Pootie Tang is this low budget thing that he did with, I think, am I imagining this or Louis C.K.? Like in the mid nineties, and it's just like um it was like a parody of a black exploitation film with this hero called Pootie Tang, who was mm. given this mystical leathered belt by his daddy. And legend was if he always used this this belt in a in, in a righteous manner, he could he could whip anyone's ass with it. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. And Chris Rock laying in to Leon was channeling the power of Pootie Tang, I do I think anyway. Huh. Um uh so I, 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 it's a great scene. Like, um, I'm not sure what they're trying to say with this. Um, cause you know, Leon, it comes out, uh, I, 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 guess he is an important part of the black crime syndicate in the Midwest.
0: Yeah. He's like the nephew of, of somebody, right? Somebody important yeah, he's that like, they're going to need.
1: Yeah. 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 Exactly. He's like, he's like the, he's like cheese in the wire, you know, like he's the nephew of uh, Proposition Joe. Okay. It's like Proposition Joe's a solid guy, but his cheese, cheese is kind of a fuck up. Uh, mm-hmm. And and you get that you get that feeling from this guy. Um, and Lloyd's just not having
0: it. Where what what's this guy's arc? I, I don't know because every time we see him, he's talking about the brains he's got, and it, I don't I don't know that he's been given an opportunity to show the brains, but he's certainly been given an opportunity to show donkey brains um and he does that by you know taking a lemuel to the club and letting him yeah. do his thing
1: putting him in a position where the man can pinch him yeah
0: yeah so we've seen that he's not like super smart and and you knew this was coming right like they they did that delayed sort of gratification with uh mm-hmm. the talking to that leon was going to get from uh loy mm-hmm. and and here it yeah. is <laughs> oh yeah it
1: definitely came
0: <laughs> yeah and and you know part of this is just the anger that he feels over Dr. Senator being dead. Part of this is because he's, I guess, got to put this kid in his place, let him know that he's not as, as much of a brainiac as he thinks. Yeah. Loy is very sensitive to Dr. Senator's name being in people's mouths
1: that should not, are not worthy to speak at this episode, which I kind of, I I really liked. Um, then the phone rings and I love like, you know, uh, you know, Loy Cannon, like out of breath from whipping this guy's ass, like on the phone. And, Saying you can meet him, I, I presume this is Josto setting up the meet, right? Yeah, yeah. And the whole Mister, you, you better believe is going to cost you. I guess we didn't mention the stakes of that meeting. That like the offer was the stockyards and two lucrative uh, routes. I think one to Chicago, one to Dallas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for Gaetano straight up, or to kill Gaetano.
0: Yeah. Um, to, to kill Gaetano instead of killing uh, zero, right? Like that, that's yeah, the cover and, there is and, and t- and take this lesser zero, death. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. Does, does Jasta think he can sell that to New York? I, but the thing is, is that's the thing. Is it doesn't matter because Josto's is a fool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's like really great. I think, I think Chris Rock did some really good performance here with um, these flashbacks. It reminds me of like Michael Corleone being haunted by the death of his brother. You yeah. know, like like an end of The Godfather 2, just thinking about all that stuff, except for, like, Loy, uh, Loy's apparently much more affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um And he's playing through all these promises he made to Satchel, and Satchel not wanting to go through this. He, there's this really powerful scene where he's, like, psyching himself up to strangle this kid with a fucking jump rope.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Which, <laughs> like... Yeah, Chris Rock was going, had that gear to him, too. Um, no, it's a,
0: it's a dark Christmas, man. That is... That is rough. Like, I love that shot with him sitting on the couch, the Christmas lights behind him, just illuminating the background and him almost in complete darkness there uh, mm-hmm. as he contemplates what to do. Yeah, it's great. Do we want to do we want to second guess Loy as a criminal?
1: Because the other thing I want to talk about is like. It doesn't seem smart to let evil and uh Josta walk out of that room. Like it mm. feels like at this particular like one of those dudes had to die, probably evil. Like that's eye for an eye, right?
0: You know, you take out my consigliere, take out yours. Maybe I, I don't know. Like the the speech he gives later um, about them trying to drag yeah. you down, you know, it turned you into like uh, get you in the mud with them is right is very much on his mind and is is very much why I think he shows the restraint there because he knows that like that's a. That's a move that you don't come back from, right? Then he goes to war with New York. Then he goes to war with anybody who's left in that organization. Um, yeah. It might be like a justified move, but it is definitely not the right move if he wants to stay alive and keep his business.
1: Yeah, it's... Man, it's just really interesting to try to play like the... the and I always think about this in terms of criminal organizations where it's like, you know, if you've got... Um, you know, kind of like, uh, the best you can hope for case, like, uh, you know, the old, the, the, uh, uh, old man Corleone, you know, before Michael took over hmm. veto, like he's like this, uh, almost a benevolent Duke, you know, yeah. he looks over his neighborhood and yeah, some people get killed, but you're not going to get killed if you're not in the game, he's going to look after you and you're going to get a Christmas goose, uh, delivered to your doorstep and everything's fine. Because this guy, because he's got lines, you know, he's not going to do drugs. He's not going to murder children. Yeah. But then every once in a while, you might have to. And like, it feels like when when criminals are given that choice, like, you know, it's like, well, are you going to become a monster or you're not? There's like two ways you can go. Like, well, I'm not going to do it. In which case... Eventually, someone that will, that's not as good as yeah. you, is going to take over. And then what happens? So then you can rationalize, well, like, yeah. I'll murder this child because I'll at least feel bad about it. And I'll minimize it. And if I let the real animals take over, then what happens? But how many times can you do
0: that before you turn into, you know, it's just, and then <laughs> I mean, you got this. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, we, we deal with this stuff in the modern day, right? Nothing has changed. Um yeah uh it's it's how we play our political games now it's how we play our business games it's how we play our crime games all that stuff is the same and and the all of it is is yeah. not not even a slippery slope it's like it's an arms race right you have to do the things that other people are doing otherwise they beat you and they do the things ten tenfold so and it all seems very rational, like I you know i, I every time I read up to like to the
1: build up of World War One, and I'm like, well, what would I have done differently you know, like yeah and and almost the only answer is well, cooler head should have prevailed this time, but like. You know, when when you just get in this runaway <laughs> brinksmanship, it's like, you know, and, and you're like, well, if you show this whole thing's based on shows of strength. So if you if you do show that that weakness, then it's. Yeah, you I almost
0: you almost need to have a balance of power that somehow doesn't uh, is unable to get out of whack. Right. Like I think about uh, the Cold War and and using nuclear missiles or the potential threat of that. Um yeah, like
1: a higher power prevents us from doing it, literally. Right, mutually <laughs> assured
0: destruction. Like, if if uh-huh. we go there, they're going to go there, and it's going to be game over forever. Metaphysical certainty that you cannot
1: win is the only thing that will c- save you. Right, right. Man, the, the thing is, like, the smart people to see the balance of power are quick to be deposed by the foolish that don't. Yeah. And see the value of the balance, but... Um, it's wild, and I really appreciate Chris Rock getting to do this. Like, really paint with this palette because um, I was really impressed with the work he was doing with the with the death of Satchel. And I wonder what they're going to do with this energy they built. That's based on a lie, you know. Like yeah. when Satchel's revealed, like what is that going to be like for Chris Rock and? Mm-hmm. Man, there's just some exciting, dramatic storytelling um, p- uh, potential that they've they've built by spending 20 minutes
0: building this
1: emotional pressure that doesn't get really used. Well, let me ask you this. Uh,
0: what if Calamita goes out to Uncle Jack's feed and seed? And rather than putting the kibosh on a little rabbi in Satchel, he brings Satchel back to Loy. Does that just like totally fuck Josto, which is kind of what he would want to do?
1: Yeah, w- but <laughs> I, I don't. The thing know, is, I don't is, know is, like that's, that's an play, than... but like, yeah, was, what's Gaetano think about that? I, 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 although like you're just what you just said makes me think like I can see a world where Calamita is the boss. Like I've been thinking it's going to be or Gaetano. War, how can he get beat? Like if the word oh, gets man, back Gaetano. to New York about that, like. The, the, that's title I can't him. accept because, because like he's just a terror. But like, but Calamita, yeah, yeah. like, I, I, I think he is smarter mm-hmm. about the way he plays politics. Maybe not as smart as he need him to be. I don't know. I don't know. I feel bad. Like, I don't, I don't want to con- contemplate where uh, a world <laughs> where the stupid people win. Yeah, even though that does
0: happen from time. Yeah, to time. I don't know that they can beat lawyer right. I, I think lawyer is smarter than the the whole lot of them. But yeah, uh, I think I think the Calamita could throw a monkey wrench into Josto's plans with New York and end up with either himself or Gaetano as the boss there in Kansas city.
1: Yeah. And there's always the thing to consider the theory that Satchel is Mike Milligan. If that's true and Mike Milligan's Mm. high ranking in the Kansas city mafia, then it implies some kind of, if not victory by cannons, people, some fusion that comes out of this. It's not going to be, you know, all one way or all the other, but, uh, yeah. Um, I thought that they did a really good job of building up the tension, the emotional tension leading the Chris Rock or not Chris Rock, the Lloyd Cannon telling his wife about it and like, you know, her primal scream. I thought that was really, really well done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, There's also this amazing scene where uh, Cannon's being driven around um, uh, to to, to go meet with Weff and he has him pull over because he sees this sign of the banking establishment rolling out the diners club the first mm-hmm. the first credit card and just this uh, he spent a sleepless night and just like I like days like that yeah if you want a dictionary definition of bone tired <laughs> world wary it's it's Chris yeah. Rock in this scene I felt it I felt it like just the just
0: like fuck man why why even try anything yeah yeah I, I don't know where that goes. I don't know if that's just like you know a, a knife in his side uh just something to to really just dig at him or if that's going to go extra somewhere. Extra fire
1: extra fire in the belly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for if uh, for if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh then we're in uh the Cannon's uh, boxing gym and Weff has been, you know, hauled off as we as we talked about in the police business. And uh, Zalmer and Swanee kind of blow through. They have a nice little scene where they just intimidate the fuck out of of poor Jumpy Weff. And there's, like I said, there's there's some really good dialogue where Swanee gets to talk about how old she is and her native tongue. And uh, they talk about the nature of being a girl and being wanted. Um, But then Loy comes in there and... Again, I think this is part of the plot. Like he tells Weff to cover his ears. Weff is going to hear everything that they're saying, right? That's got to be intentional. Probably. Like I, I think that that Cannon's counting on him to inform you know his various bosses and people about this plan, specifically to draw out maybe this Marshal. I think Loy sees this Marshal as like a wild card, and he wants to. Re- and he also the thing that's like really putting pressure over his man Weff. I, I think I think this is going to be a trap for him, seems like to me.
0: I I hadn't read that much into it, um, but I could see that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I could see a lot of things because clearly they, they want us to think Loy's got a plan and it's a very smart one and it's one that the audience hasn't quite yet figured out. This has got to be a part of it, I think. And I think they'll, they'll definitely play their part, too. I love uh,
1: Swanee's remark about it's been a sad parade. <laughs> <It> sure but Which he's about, ready, she's about ready to blow out of town. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I, you know, Chris Rock gives another, I think he's given six of these speeches so far this season. Well, he's given four. Dr. Senator's given two. Mm-hmm. Um where he talks about like you know, he tries to explain to a white person the, the struggles of a of a black man in the country and, and the trap, the trap where like you try to tell a person they're an animal and they're not human, but you stand tall like a man and eventually they get they give up and they get in the mud and they show you how to be like that. And then if you get down in there with you, then they stand up and then say, see, you're exactly what we thought you were. Yeah. It's a hell, it's a hell of a speech. Uh, mm-hmm. I do wonder like, what is, what, what is the, because, because we're getting like one of these, uh, an episode and they do like some of them feel like I, I remember in that first episode where it felt like um, it was definitely um, like an art, like a, like a, a an argument, the a, a frame of argument from like a, like an arguing for something from a conservative um, point of view, which you don't hear a lot in Hollywood
0: what uh, is that can, can you explain that because i don't know that i'm familiar with what Well, that
1: about. speech he gave about like the the drug addict where he said you know see this oh, man yeah. he doesn't have a future but if you give him money he's got a future and now i can take it away from him all that like that That's was like, i felt like a, an economic uh argument from a very co- fundamentally conservative point of view hmm. um and i think this like uh this is the argument against, like, well, you know, uh, the whole thing about black people is like they just, like, you know, why don't they just fucking integrate into society? You know, uh-huh. if they would make an effort, they'd make an effort. Yeah, and this boot, is the argument. like, well, that, right? <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, look at the civil rights marches. Like those people, and I think I've said it in on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at those pictures, like these are not like. These these people look like uh, Ozzy and Harriet and Warden June Cleaver. They're in their church, the Sunday going best, and they got their smart hats and their suits, and they're getting the fuck beat out of them by mm-hmm. white people with batons and 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 fire hoses and, and 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 dogs. You know, look at Loy's gang versus Cannon's gang. Uh, or sorry, Loy's gang versus jo- 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 Josto's gang. Mm-hmm. They are pretty as other than the the color of the skin, they're largely indistinguishable as far as their clothes and all all that. Yeah, you know, fast forward in 2020, you, you know, look at Russian gang versus like, a, you know, Bloods and, and the Crips versus, I don't know, the of and mafia. <laughs> it's all diff- it's all over the place. But like, sure. I, 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 I think this is like this argument is blowing that up. And that's why I keep on saying, like, I feel like there's something in all these speeches that they're dismantling a certain type of like, well, you know, we've moved past race type of argument in America by showing it happening in the past. When mm-hmm. it's like it's it's hard to find a person saying, "Well, in 1950s America, there was no racial component to any of this stuff. It was all colorblind, right?" So I I don't know. Oh but- yeah.
0: Oh, well, I don't think it's hard to find those people. I think those people uh, imagine a, a past a past America as hmm. from their own perspective as being better uh, than you know how it is now. And what I think, yeah, they're trying to say here is you're right there that it's the same. It's it's always been like this. Uh, we've never actually changed much of anything. And yeah, you if, if you're thinking of like the the America that was great, well mm-hmm. you're you're living in a fantasy land because it never existed for for, for a bunch of people.
1: Yeah. Like Fargo seems to be articulating a lot of these arguments that are like, um, you know, there there was this argument that was like going on in like the, the 90s and even up until like just very recently, um, especially in like middle white America, that like racism is a problem we used to have yeah. and we solved everything, the civil rights and everything's hunky dory now. And I feel like this is making these arguments over and over again that that's that's not true by inviting you to, you know, see the parallels between now and then. And like, you know how much like there's been a lot of like, you know, obviously the times are very different in terms of style and whatnot, but in terms of like what people are struggling with, not so much. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, the, 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 the do it this much and this often and every have a, have a set piece conversation in every episode. Um, it's almost like Noah Hawley is trying to address those arguments, but it's weird because like, if you don't see it, I don't think you would see it. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like, um, if I'm at the dinner table uh, with with Thanksgiving this year and I'm arguing with my uncle, and this is not going to happen because of COVID, mm-hmm. but like, and you know, he's going like, "Oh, it's racism and it's it's all oh, it's, it's colorblind and ah, oh, blah blah blah." If I'd be like, "Well, you see, if <laughs> uh, with with this mafia in the can in Kansas City in the 1950s, if like I, this, it's like it's a great form of an argument, but I don't know that it actually translates to the real world. But I think that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. The other thing is like there's there's like three different like monologues in the one. There's the thing that he has about the racism, but then there's also the uh, in America we have our own type of criminal, the confidence man, because America's full of dreamers and dreamers you can fleece. Mm-hmm. Like they they let they, they 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 rob themselves. I thought that was really powerful too, um, but it's also at odds with I feel like the Loy Cannon that gave the speech to the drug addict would not give the speech about the dreamers and how you can fleece them. It's it's it was is weird for me from that perspective. <clears throat> um but anyway, he concludes his argument with asking Weff, you know, what are we going to do about this? Um so there's another thing like I don't know how explicitly he's going to bring Weff into his plan. Or if he's gonna use Weff and assume that Weff is gonna be a weasel and you, you know, like essentially tie uh, a torch to his tail and send him running through his his enemy's vineyards to to set fire to it.
0: Yeah, I don't it seems know. Seems
1: like that the latter would be the smart play. We'll see. Uh then he gets uh he uh he get he gets rid of Gaetano. Uh he mm-hmm. he sends sets Gaetano free after letting him know that Josto wanted was gonna pay me to kill you, essentially. Um, yeah
0: and this you know the the motto of life for life kind of thing is is showing that he's not getting in the mud with him right yeah 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 i think it's a contrast right the italians have this life for life concept he's not gonna go there even though he thinks that his son is dead like it's a big deal yeah
1: and 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 he's gonna let the all of his enemies get down into the mud and drown themselves is i think what's going to be the strategy here yeah is that uh you know there's, there's like four different sides there and they're all going to shoot each other. to pieces. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll see. We'll see. And, and the other thing is that he's only keeping, I thought it was also interesting that he's only keeping the stockyards like, Hey, you can keep the trucking rats, which I don't, cause like I said, I think he thinks that he's going to destroy them and take everything. Like whatever yeah. he's set, whatever motion thing plan he's set in motion here is going to be the, the checkmate. So, mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Uh any other comments or because I think I'm that's that that brings all of our
0: business to a close here, Jim. Yeah, let's get into the feedback.
1: Okay. Uh you can send us far uh, feedback at fargo at baldmove.com. Um or you can get on our forums, forums baldmove.com to talk uh with your fellow fans on a weekly basis. Killer Toast here uh brought something to my attention. Uh it was a thread on far on, on the Fargo TV subreddit, Farget V. Um he, uh, I had a question about that painting and mm-hmm. and what it meant.
0: You're talking about the the painting uh, in Chris Rock's office house. I, I don't know where it is. Yeah, uh, with the, the black man with the sword who's beheaded at a black man. Yeah. Yes. So this is this painting is called the summary execution
1: under the Moorish kings of Granada, and it was uh, painted by. Um, this, this this particular um, Frenchman and it was like one of it's, this painting is considered the epitomization of what's called the orientalist movement which was this artistic wave in like the 17th and 18th centuries where they fetishized like middle eastern and muslim culture like there was this um erotic like intense eroticism of like the harem culture and okay. like in in a fascination of focus focus on the exoticness of the culture and like this like this painting this heightened like you know they don't fuck around with the courts of law it's like the king says off with his head and whoosh, off with his head um But it's also like this, like, um, you do this, like, anytime, obviously, you eroticize and um, exoticize a culture, you're intentionally othering that culture. Sure. And I thought there was some interesting discussion around that, like, you know, um, this is about a – this is a story about what happens when people stop trying to understand each other and just kind of go with their assumptions and, like, lean into those. And I thought – maybe that's what they're trying to to, to say here with that.
0: It absolutely could be. Like that's if that's not the state of our world currently, I don't know what is. Right, right. So if if Holly's um, trying to write something relevant, uh that that could be a good angle.
1: Yeah, like you know, like uh, what are you what are you looking for? You're looking for the similarities that bind us or the differences that divide us. Yeah. Um Andy B says, I don't know if it's been brought up, but I just realized it's the first season of Fargo that doesn't have a police officer as the main protagonist for the audience to sympathize with. Um, Given the strong and clear racial themes of the season, I think it makes a bit of sense as neither the black nor the Italian citizens uh, being subjugated populations would trust the police to protect them. Mm -hmm. Um, So in season one, you obviously had uh, Deputy Molly Solverson. Season two, you had uh, Lou Solverson, her father... Uh, with her grandpa, uh, Hank Larson. And in season three you had Gloria Burgle, of course. I mean, I think this is definitely like you can make this argument, right? But on the other hand, you do have Deffy and Officer Weff, who are definitely point of view characters. And if you say they're not the main characters, I would ask you who the hell is.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's fair. Like Loy. Loy is like a number one uh, main character is definitely for me. a number
1: one character Yep, but is he the like it's this is kind of this is a much more game of thronesy season where yeah. you've got families and din- dynasties dynasties as as uh, <laughs> papa uh uh, uh w- jesus christ i forgot all of my lannister l- uh, yeah lore lannister Charles Dance, Jesus, as he would say, Dynasties. You got all this stuff, and like, you know, uh it's it's real hard. It's real hard to make your way all the way around the map of Westeros sometimes, and Ethel Rita gets pushed through the margins. Yeah. So like you are I think you're correct, but I'm not sure like how much of it's thematic because the theme makes sense and how much of it is just there's really not a central character thus far.
0: My my only uh, real theory coming out of that is that zero is Robin. That's that's my only <laughs> real theory. <laughs> um,
1: fair enough. Let's move on. To Aaron K says, I just discovered this podcast. I think you both are great. Well, thanks, Thank Aaron. I l- like the name, too. <laughs> really interesting analysis and discussions. I've personally been enjoying the season. I like that Noah Holly tries something different with each one. Maybe that's it's not always 100 percent successful this season, but about 90 percent of the time it works for me. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm the same way. Like. I'm, I'll forgive Holly for going off-road every once in a while and, and, and really jarring our ride with uh, the, the rough suspension because he swings for the fences 100% of the time. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're going to strike out when you're taking those 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 big cuts out of the air. Um, but I prefer that. I prefer that to someone just safely, d- d- you know, delivering up mediocrity, right? Sure. Uh, Aaron continues, one of the characters we haven't seen much, but someone is, I've been looking out for is Ebel. The Kansas City Mafia we know in Season 2 operates more like a corporation than a traditional criminal organization. My theory, is Ebel is going to end up as one of the people who forms that uh, uh, criminal organization in Season 2. The first two episodes of the season, he offers Harvard money in exchange for letting them into the hospital and advises Josto to wait and be patient till they kill Harvard. The last episode, you could see that he was actually shocked and even a little sad that Doc was killed, of course. Uh, he's not as much of a hot headed gangster like Josto and Gaetano. He even seems to want the war to end and both sides to reach some sort of truce. He's not exactly what you would call corporate, but I can see the seeds, how the seeds could be planted where he sees so much bloodshed and messes the cleanup that he wants to operate more like a business than a mafia. Uh, I think Gaetano, Calamita, Kalamita Josto and most of the Fadas will be dead at the end of the season. Evil along with Joe Bulo. Maybe some members of the previous Jewish and Irish gangs will form the Kansas City Mafia we know in season two. I do want, is there, I, I guess I never thought about the remnants of like the
0: Jewish and Irish gang still kicking around. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of like it. Um, we don't know anything about Joe Bulo in this time period, really, other than he exists. Uh, so I, I like, I don't know if he could start this whole thing himself. Um, actually, I'm I'm pretty sure like he doesn't, he gets promoted to where he's at, uh, somewhere along the line. But yeah, I could see like, if anybody's going to make it out of this, it's going to be the smart guys. And Ebel is one of the smartest on the Italian side for sure. Yeah, there might, I wonder if they're trying
1: to suggest... Like the Kitchen Brothers, they had those little round hats that kind of like look like some branch of orthodox Judaism. Like, is there like they're suggesting there's some kind of vestigal, you know, Rabbi Milligan influence there with Mike Milligan and the Kitchen Brothers? Uh, Maybe. That that might be interesting. That might be interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I could definitely see it. But yeah, I I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know that evil makes it out. I really like it,
0: it. Yeah. Is this a tragedy? Because uh, if it is, then yeah, he doesn't make it out because I really want him to.
1: Although I guess you're, you're right. Like, because I think well, uh, Loy, you know, he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders, but it would be mm. interesting if like Dr. Senator's friend is what makes it out and they do have some kind of like this fusion gang that I keep on thinking. Like, I, I can't tell if like the Loy's going to win outright or there's going to be some kind of fusion and yeah. this talk of like remnants of the Irish and Jewish and like, that would be on it'd be an would be another kind of like really right on thematic thing that like the Kansas City Mafia is literally
0: a melting pot. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like a little bit ironic too, though, because it's still a criminal organization, right? It's it says sure. kind of a lot about America. I, I don't know. Yeah. That yeah. could be real interesting.
1: Tommy, North Carolina, I had a half-assed thought about WEF. I agree with you both that WEF's knock- uh, tick Tell is clearly foreshadowing some event, maybe even a critical turn in the plot, maybe just his own demise, as Aaron pointed out. We've already seen people ventilated through a closed door. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if Weff's knock, tell, uh, Tick Tell started after he was discharged honorably, and he does it to warn the ghosts in the room that he knows they are there, that he's about to enter, and to please, for the love of God, go away. Whoa! Oh. I mean, he's seeing so ghosts this episode. Tree Detective Season 3 blend with uh, a little bit of uh, Mr. Snowman. Um, that would be interesting. I See, I think that, like, you're going to... F- he talks about that he had this method that kept him safe. Mm-hmm. Like, that he never deviated from. And I think it's something part of his method was some kind of counting thing. And it's this one little, two little, three little, like he, like, I don't, I don't know. That's that kept him like, uh, how many paces he was going into the field. And he had some kind of grid coordinate that was all mapped out. The Indians around him, I don't know, but I I do think that that's what we're going to find out. It's as something to his mind clearing method methodology, um, how that relates to the five knocks. I don't know. I do like this idea that he's essentially banishing ghosts.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, he he yeah. It it calls into question: Did he see the ghost of his his dead wife at that point, or did or his mm. his fiancee, whatever? Um, or was that a flashback? Was that yeah? I don't know. Another possibility: He actually sees her there in the room. Uh, that dovetails in with
1: the uh, with Tommy's half-assed prediction. He says that he thinks it'll be Weff who encounters this phantom. Because for whatever reason, a moment of panic or clarity or a final act, he enters a room with that knocking hmm. uh, and doesn't scare the ghost off.
0: Okay. We'll yeah, see. They got you down. It, right.
1: Got you down. We got the, got, the, got the prediction down in the books. Claim your internet points at the end of the season if, <laughs> if you're right there, Tommy. Uh, Paul says, hey, guys. I was listening to an audio book the other day and heard it mentioned that W or D.W. Bliss, the doctor that treated President Garfield after he was shot, was legally named Dr. Willard Bliss. Wow. Apparently his parents wanted to name him after Dr. Samuel Willard, but didn't realize that Dr. Willard was the man's title and last name rather than his first and last names. (laughs) Oh, no. D.W. Bliss's parents were stupid. (laughs) They're real dumb. Real dumb. And yeah, look at at how far he went. At the dawn of medicine, that's not like, yeah, who, 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 who the hell knew what a doctor was? Like that's like that's like literally in the last we
0: haven't had doctors for hundreds and hundreds of years, right? I I don't know. I couldn't tell you when th- the term doctor was invented. Cuz
1: before doctor, we invented doctors or they invented huh. themselves? We just had like fucking uh uh like like healers, your, right? Well, I forget it's um no, it's like like your the the butcher or your barber would do a lot of this, sh- this shit. Like your barber would take off a bad toe or knock out your tooth or stuff Oof. like that. Yeah, people involved like you to have like sharp implements and know how to deftly use razors and whatnot and knives. Your gardeners, your barbers. Yeah, yeah, gardeners, barbers, butchers, butchers mm-hmm. professional swordsmen. They're all. <laughs> right. th- <laughs> need a
0: vasectomy have to, you have to be uh, yeah, a knight no. to take off the queen's toe though
1: yeah so so maybe these uh, i'm being too hard on uh on the bliss the bliss family like they invented doctors and started calling people and they hey you know these doctors i like i respect this doctor guy so name him our, our kid after him <laughs> anyway appreciate the historical tidbit paul carolyn small detail from this week's show when antoon said he ate his boats or boots slash shoes and was about to eat his belt. I was thinking, wouldn't the person eat their belt before they ate their footwear? Or is the belt <laughs> actually more valuable? Interested to hear your thoughts on this small, pointless detail.
0: Hmm, that's a good point. I would certainly eat my belt before I ate my shoes. I mean, but what if your pants are falling down all the time? I'll eat my pants.
1: Skinny. Fuck it. Eat your pants. Yeah, because yeah. like you know, like that's eat your belt, shoes, belt,
0: pants, shirt, overcoat, shoes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um that's I, yeah, that's the five thought, course meal that i'm having my only thought is you could run around uh and away from people uh out of danger if if you're not wearing shoes but if you got no belt and you get up to run and they just fall to your ankles and trip you hmm.
0: I'm um, telling you eat your pants
1: problem solved
0: hmm. my legs don't it get cold weird. anyway
1: Did you know? I uh, so apparently, this is true. You can actually boil leather and eat it and get nutritional value because it is an animal product. I Uh, haven't a lot, yeah, it's not great. And like uh, modern tanned leather has got a lot of uh chemicals in it that will be bad for you. But if you're if it's that or starve,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, yeah, eating eating that stuff was uh, there's I I, I went down a whole rabbit hole about like what people did, starvation tactics, because I guess. A lot of the old wallpaper used to have like paste that was essentially flour, wow, uh, and gluten, and that like in in certain areas in like Eastern Europe when the starvation was really bad, people were peeling the wallpaper off their walls to like make stews that are essentially like this glue soup. Oh, like, fuck, man! Yeah, you—it's amazing what you do when you're hungry and you're just trying to stave off. Uh, it's like that poem that they were reading, or that the uh, uh, Kipling's The Jungle. Where the guys like you know that's the whole they did like what the bizarreness of starving in a modern city like how crazy it is. Um, moving on to Chris from Sydney, loving your work and usually agree with your breakdowns. However, I think you're missing a point on Josto doing your critiquing of him in the episode six podcast. I think a big point that you're forgetting is that he was born into this life. He inherited the life as crime uh, and being a crime boss. So it's not a mistake that he doesn't seem or feel legit are showing as a little self-entitled spoiled brat of a kid who is now at the helm of this organization forever trying to prove that he belongs and should be respected as the boss of his family.
0: Okay. I can see that.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I the, the problem I my only problem I have is to really be engaged in a story, you got to have respect for both sides, you know, mm-hmm. like unless it's a farce and Fargo can be a farce. Like, don't get me wrong. Like that's and it's been a farce already this season. Yeah. Um. You know, like if the the going back to the Game of Thrones example, if the Starks and Lannisters weren't competent, you didn't respect them, Um. then there's no tension when they go to war. They square off. It's like, well, it's it's you know, it's it's going to be. <laughs> one side getting bullied right yeah they'd be be great sure (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so it's like i guess that's my problem is like if i don't respect gaetano or josto and i have like they're showing me that there's a lot of respect here that i should give to Lloyd cannon like where is this going to go you know
0: so yeah i mean it's certainly well within the cohen's wheelhouse to do a farce um and have a bunch of characters doing really stupid stuff uh and them pointing out how stupid it is. I, like, I could see it if that's just what they want to do this season. I guess I'm on board. And I keep and I keep coming back to Lloyd saying he's not just fighting this war.
1: He's fighting a mindset. And it'd be so fucking mm-hmm. Fargo for him to win and then just get rolled up by the law, you know, because there's a yeah. black man in the street shooting. And then you could see, like, you know, Mike or, or Rabbi Milligan and Satchel
0: and hiding able to rebuild from some kind of seed, you know, Um yeah, I mean, half of me yeah, expected that- when he let Gaetano go, the Gaetano would, like, slip on his own blood and break his neck on a chair or something <laughs> yeah. as he's leaving, right? Like, that's yeah. well within the, the performance envelope of this show. As he says, Mama Mia, and <laughs>
1: right. breaks his bag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, David says, uh, long time club member, infrequent mailer. Love to hear from you, David. Uh, finally caught up to episode 406 as well as the podcast and want to touch on two quick things. My first take is something minor, although I totally agree that the capture uh, or the performance of or the capture of Gaetano rather was ham-fisted. The fact that he would not have felt the cold air from the open window behind him is believable. His adrenaline was way up, and speaking from experience, it's easy to miss those kind of details when you're that hopped up. Otherwise, I did find it odd that Cannon's people were not on hand to help with the recovery and that the shot to the back of the head wasn't a fatal. It's a bit of disappointment in what is otherwise a cool set piece. Yeah, I, I, I we didn't touch on that, but I was briefly so happy when I thought his brains just got blown out. I'm uh-huh. like, what a, what a twist! Halfway through the season, I'm like beside myself with this character, and Holly just blows his brains out. <laughs> Bra, ah, oh, fuck, he's still breathing. It's a good five yeah. seconds though. It's a real good five seconds. I was genuinely delighted. I
0: mean, The second take. That's, that's the thing. He's not, he's not wrong about this, right? Like, the adrenaline is a definite factor. Like, you see all the time, and you forgive it, and you're like, you understand it, and you're like, okay, cool. When characters will get shot during a, the heat of a battle, and not even realize that they've been shot. know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like, I, I get it, for sure.
1: Yeah. It cuts both ways. Like, you know, the adrenaline slowing things down and making you hyper-observant and all that, versus, like, yeah, also yeah. flooding you with um, irrelevant information. Mm-hmm. Uh, his second take is to join in the opinion that the ghost isn't a malevolent spirit so far. It hasn't hurt. Anyone can even be interpreted as it helped Swanee not hurt her. She did after all wake up. Uh, I also Mm -hmm. think this is a bit of an accord with Fargo given the news, uh, the show's intended quirkiness and liberal taking of left turns when a right turn is expected. Um, yeah, no, I, I, that's what I'm thinking. Like it's, it's a big subversion. They, this is a big, scary ghost. What if he's actually good? Um, could be or benevolent sure does look menacing though yeah he does uh also <laughs> he's a white ghost they're gonna have a <laughs> kind of a they're gonna have a white ghost save the black people at the end of this season is that what we're gonna do is that what we're gonna do grab a oh, magical boy. white person be the one that's uh, i don't know i don't know how good. well that sets good point um Whitney writes in, says, "So happy you're back with Fargo. I've missed listening to you both. It's a weird time, however, to watch this particular season. I'm watching on Hulu the next day. Uh, like most, and the subtext slash hypertext is just too real. Yeah. Uh, when Chris Rock pulls over and sees the Diner Club card and just shakes his head, I cried. Uh, I should say that this is written by a Black American." Uh, because they then say because that's how most black Americans feel every day. Yeah. It's been a hard year. And I look to this show for some funny accents and outrageous violence and comeuppance. So I just wonder how non-black Americans are viewing the season. Do you find it relentless? Even Hanzi felt like he could succeed and fight back. All his slight seemed to be eventually punished. Uh, like in the bar scene. Thanks for making this somewhat fun with your commentary. At least Whitney in Philadelphia. Uh, what do you think as a non-black person, Jim? How's
0: the season hit? I I mean, it, it hits, uh, on the nose for me. Like I, I understand what they're putting down there. I get it. Um, but you know, like black people in America, white people in America are not a monolith. Um, so I imagine there are a lot of white people who are looking at this, scratching their heads going, I don't get it. What are they trying to say? Um, yeah. You know, I thought we had dealt with all this. this Yeah. 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 Um,
1: I don't know, man. I like, uh, that actually kind of motivates me is uh anytime I start feeling down i'm like well jesus christ i'm a I'm a straight white dude uh <laughs> i uh oh what, you got it what, easy what? yeah <laughs> yeah like like yeah can i can I give in to despair like what right. what the hell do what the hell have I seen you know my my next door neighbor is this uh like seventy three year old former black marine military police officer, and I can tell he's pretty conservative in his viewpoints, Mm -hmm. but he's also pretty fucking fed up with some of the shit he's seen, especially with the policing. And, you know, this, this, you know, and he worries about his kids and he worries about his grandkids and he worries about, you know, him getting older and being able to keep up with everything. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I, you know, Derek gets out of bed every morning and (laughs) goes about his business. I can't, not, you know. Right,
2: right. So,
1: uh yeah it'd be a sad day in America if black folks just give up like I don't know I may, maybe that galvanizes like oh shit We're the, we are we can't rely on we can't rely on these people to be like dependably fighting for for rights for everybody we got to pick up the slack maybe uh, but like it's gonna be a grim day it's gonna be a grim day um, yeah. and I, I, would don't, say... I don't know is, is that infuriating <laughs> is that infuriating to hear Whitney yeah for <laughs> is, sure. that, is that make you feel good uh
0: is it is it anything i don't know i don't know i got i I really appreciate you
1: listening to us
0: yeah yeah uh if you wanted to listen more of that because it sounds like maybe you haven't tuned in since our last uh fargo season which was years ago uh we've covered a few other shows that might be relevant since then like Watchmen, uh maybe the deuce i don't know there's a lot of stuff in there that uh we've covered that you might enjoy on the other hand, if you're coming to
1: television for ha-has and laughs, maybe not. Oh yeah, you can avoid <laughs> Maybe those. not those particular shows. Right. Uh expanse is really cool, escapist material. Sure. Um I like I like that show. Um but yeah, no, I appreciate the the comments Whitney and uh, I don't know, man. We'll just we'll things have been worse, things have been better. We'll we'll get through this together. Uh that'll do it for our feedback this episode. Fargo at baldmove.com is where you want to put those comments in. Uh, if you got anything to say, or again, the forums forums. is also there, twenty four hours a day, to to hear your thoughts. That will do it for this week. I honestly, so I, I've I've read from a lot of people, a lot of the television critics that I respect, that I've seen most of the season. I think a lot of them, like i have seen ten out of the eleven episodes. Oh, um, that there's universally said that these last two episodes, where they've obviously kind of cobbled together to do something, uh uh were like the roughest and it's it's supposed to kind of quote unquote get better. So if you've liked even these last two episodes, then mm. the back half of this season feels like it's going to be a real barn burner. Yeah. Um I gotta say, like it's been a long time since I've been looking forward to seeing a postseason um like interview with a showrunner as as much as I'm looking forward to seeing whoever Holly talks to after this season because I am with child to know what the hell went on with these Like, you know, when did he decide to make a new episode? What was the thing that he had to do to make that happen? What like? Because it it does seem like a lot of these last two episodes could have been condensed into a single one and it would be stronger. But yeah, for sure.
0: And, And they're they're short. They're very short episodes. Right. This is shorter than the last one that everybody said was so short. So. Right. Right, but I, I just would really love to know what the what
1: was going on with that because you know that's the thing. Uh, Holly does swing for defenses, and it remains to be seen whether um, that's that successful or not. But I just would really love to know the nuts and bolts about like when did he make the decision, how much of it was because of the, the the delay and the pandemic and the reshoots and all that stuff. There's yeah. got to be a great story there, and I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, and if we get to do a, a Fargo wrap up pod, I, I'm hoping that. Uh, We can get some of that that, that word into there. Anyway, we'll be back next week for another all-new episode of Fargo. Until then, I'm your host, a And I'm Jim. See ya.